and we are live what's up everyone welcome back to the second edition here of the glory days podcast i'm ray sanchez we got the legendary steve monster mac and today we have two very special guests here as we are joined by the legendary Philly's most wanted the church's money black g's the cambodian axe murderer joker how's it going gentlemen good evening good evening good evening you're going pretty good what's up what's up uh, i like the way joker good evening like <laughs> so calm, but then you see him in the ring and like i, I team up with him and i'm scared of him you know <laughs> What's going on, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Chilling, bro. Tired, dancing, but you know. Exactly. <laughs> we just can't coming off a nice uh, victory over at our uh, other home, Catalyst. You know. Uh, oh, I forgot to say that in the intro. We got yeah. tag team champions here, the Tri-State Legends. Right? You guys are the, you guys are Catalyst tag team champions. Yeah. The episode What's actually up? just came out today too. You guys kind of roughed oh, up yeah? the young boys there, so Hell yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's what we do, bro. To show these young boys how to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the but I'm the. I actually I love us putting people in the pit to test them out first before they ever step foot in the ring. Uh, it's it's original, and it kind of fits mm-hmm. who the three of us are. We both came up right. hard. Uh, we're about to go to you guys' background in in a couple of seconds, but we all three of us came up hard on the Northeast, and you know, I mean, some of us, you know, are trained killers, legit, <laughs> you know, and others are <laughs> trained killers in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Mentality. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, it's classified. It's classified. Uh, <laughs> but and I feel for a lot of these kids today, like. They need to have a little bit of, of that toughness, especially with all the snowflakes coming up in the biz, yeah. and, you know, not really paying their dues and things just being handed to them because they have a YouTube channel or they have a following on social media. And if you look at the three of us, what's our following on social Jeez is the biggest social media star. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he's, got, he's got Twitter. I don't even use that it. shit. The most yeah. you're going to see me is probably fucking Facebook. That's probably about it. Uh, He's like he's like the Will Smith of the group. He's he's popping. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if I should be offended by that, man. Nah, Will, nah, nah, Will, nah. Will 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 did a Will did a clown move. The crazy thing is, man, like uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? He the he the most famous person to come out of Winfield. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we go all day about Will, man. It's a crazy situation. You know what I mean? Well, Just bringing it back. We can back all to the understand, though, with Will, yeah. Will comes yeah. down to the power of the kitty. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. yep. You know, yeah, I agree. I agree. The craziest things. You know what I'm saying? We all been there. Mm-hmm. But off of that topic, let's go on to what we're here for. Let's talk about the glory days of Northeast professional wrestling with our man, Black G's, I'm gonna start with you. I, I know I was teasing Joker before. I was gonna start with him. Black G's, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, we've known each other. Actually, all three of us have known each other probably going on easily over 20 years now. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I remember hearing about you first with Ruckus, um, in CZW as part of the legendary 
we're not a we're not a stable. We're a label blackout, and um, right. you know, it was the, the rivalry between blackout and the hit squad of me, Mob, Homicide, Low Key, and you guys, you Ruckus, Robin Reno, Eddie Kingston, Joker. Um, you guys were killing it, at CZW, and it was always that. It wasn't a real rivalry. It was like a Cold War rivalry because it was always talk. But we were all cool behind the scenes. But how did that all start? How did you get into wrestling? How did you get up to that point of being a part of Blackout and CZW? Um, I mean, I wanted to be a wrestler since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? And uh, once I uh, once I got into it, got trained and everything, like um, like long time ago, like the thing for us was. I want to get in CZW. I got to get in CZW. It'd be cool to get in CZW. So then when it finally happened, like at the time, it was uh, it was unbelievable. It, w- it was a feeling like I can't believe I'm in CZW. And then the goal was to the goal was to be a star there. You know what I'm saying? So um, eventually when Blackout was put together, um, like we just we took off like right away, you know, um, and it, it was a good feeling to be focused on, to be in an act that actually mattered. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, we had a lot of trust. We had a lot of creative freedom. And, um, yeah, once we got the ball rolling, you know, it was it was all about Blackout. We got pretty popular pretty fast. And, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a good run, you know? Who opened that door for you in CZW and Blackout? Um trying to think i know that uh as far as czw goes a long time ago um our buddy jojo he uh he um i don't remember how he linked up with zandig but he uh but we we all started going down to the czw school it was me it was me joker jojo jr merc we started going down there to work out and um i think like once zandig saw all of us training he took a liking to some of us you know what I'm saying? Right away, and then for others, it took a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But eventually, as he got to know us, he got comfortable with us, and uh, he put us on uh, a CGW show that was in Violent. Um, so we did that show, and then uh, I did another show the month after that in Delaware. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like, eventually, we, we got in. Um, I, I think uh, after that violent show, not too long after that, Joker went up. Joker did a tour, you know what I mean, and uh, for the military. So then uh, I think I was just still going down to CZW to work out, and um, I wasn't there. I wasn't there again for another year. But um, when I went, when I came back to CZW with Joe, it was it was Joker and me. We were both there, and then it was like we were there every month after that. And then as far as blackout goes. Uh, I think, um, I think Ruckus and Robbie Marino had a lot to do with that. And, uh, Zandig saw that we had, we had chemistry, you know, so he, he put us all together and then it, it just took off from there, you know? What about you, Joker? How'd you, uh, get involved into, uh, this wonderful business of ours? What led you to CCW? Well, it was like, like, you know, like G said, uh, I mean, we started training there with guys like Joker, like at first, like, uh, like JoJo and Junior guys from Violin. Uh, we were doing, uh, what was that, WWC and Violin, Colors and Colors, yeah. little thing, like a boxing gym. So we, yeah. we we did a couple shows for them over there, and we got to know, like, you know, JoJo and those guys, they came from that gym. 
So after, you know, some, you know, bullshit like anywhere else happened there, we were traveling to different gyms. Like, you know, JoJo is the one. Honestly, I, I 100% give all the credit to open that door to have us go train there at CZW. So we would all drive down together, train. That's all we did was train all the time. So, of course, we did the violence show. Um, it was like a setup between them and, like, what is that, Zerns? Not Zerns. Some flea markets from violence. Yeah. So we did the show, and then right after that, that's when I left for my uh, – I don't think I was at my, my tour yet. I think I was leaving for basic training at the time. I was only, like, 19, 18, 19. Um, so we get – you know, I came back, and then – you know, we still continued on. We're, you know, working at the CCW gym, just training there. It's just a place to train. Like, it was no, like, to me at the time, was no aspirations of getting into combat. Zone. It wasn't like one of those things. It was just like a place to train. If it happens, it happens. But thank God, me and G just stuck out the whole time. The train there. John, you know, took a liking to us. You got to see how John actually is. And I always refer to him as like a father figure to me. You know what I mean? Because... He gave us like opportunities that no one had to, and he backed us up 100%. Where if we were, you know, rumor or talks of people trying to take advantage of us or fuck us over, pay or whatever, John would hear about it and then it would be settled. So, with uh, when it came down to blackout, it was started, yeah, it's definitely uh, Robbie and uh, Ruckus. And we've known Ruckus years prior to that, like before. Ruckus gotten into CZW, him and Hurricane Kid. We've worked for a guy out in Trenton, a couple of shows, and that's where we met Ruckus. So we working like four ways with him and Hurricane Kid. And that's where Ruckus got picked up by CZW because a lot of guys, who was that? Uh, who was all there? Was there. Was Dewey two. was at one of those shows. And somebody else. And, and that's when they saw Ruckus run up a wall and do a backflip. After that, that's what opened the door for him. He got there. So it was nice to, like, years later, we get here. And, like, the one thing about Ruckus, man, he's all about having fun. And, you know, and he remembers everybody. He's not one of those, like, superstar-type dickheads, you know what I mean? So it was almost like we went back to where we left off. It started off with, you know, G's with them. And then I forgot how I came to picture. You got to think, too. It blackout, like, me and me and G's are bullshit. The other, like, uh, going up to Catalyst, like, they have been kicked out of the group twice. So they <laughs> <laughs> kicked out to come back. But uh we start from there and all great minds together. It was something different in that place. Ruckus had like that following, that clout. He brought in that that weed flow with everything. It helped G's um build to where he needed to be naturally. Cause that's I mean, that's the one thing we admired about all the New York guys, like everything from you know homicide key and you guys was like it was, you guys were different. And I and I told homicide every time. Like the dude has been like to me an icon growing up in this business, right? Because we finally got to see people that were real, not the whole like the generic guy on tv that has to fit a certain mold like you guys were like like real people you know what i mean the first time i've ever met you mac was mm -hmm. I'm a fucking weenie and it was a show for pwa and low-key wrestled o-dog and, and you and moff came with him all the way to this little rec center in philly and that's where he did that 450 of that corner and put o -Dog on the table. that's where i first met you yeah and ever since then 
Start watching a lot of JP, watching you fuckers throwing people in the walls and shit. <laughs> and like, at one point, when I get to that level and having to be around these guys, and I remember mm-hmm. the doghouse shows, I've done, I think, doghouse twice, and Nell came with me together once. So, right before everything, you know, before that closed. But that's all we wanted was basically to wrestle. To be around people that are like-minded and have fun at the same time. Well, I, I like I said, I remember hearing about you guys because you know we, you saw we were everywhere. We we had wrestled for CZW at that point uh, once or twice, um, but then we had uh, I guess you would say a falling out, but it wasn't really a falling out. It was a misunderstanding, and it led to like, uh, well, we'll stay up here, you guys stay down there, and you know, um, every once in a while, you know, we meet in the middle or. If we did a show in Philly, the CZW guys would come around um, and we'd hang out. And it was never, it was always love. It was never like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were like, oh, CZW, JAP, we got to, we got to fight and defend our companies. But I always felt like, especially with you guys there, because again, to me, the way I start, we were all equals, you know, and it was, you guys are CZW hit squad and we're the JAP blackout, you know, but it was unique enough that nobody was biting off each other everybody was doing their own individual thing and like one of the things as you're talking all i'm thinking of is i remember seeing ruckus for the first time and he was he's not the ruckus that you know now i mean he's gotten a little bit bigger since he slimmed down totally but when he first came out what was he pushing like 320 330 he was a big boy big, yeah he was doing all these crazy flips and like my jaw was dropped every time i was like that's so insane and like like for me, like I do a lot of cool stuff at my size, but that was only because I was with Homicide and Key all the time. I was always trying to keep up with them. But with him, he wasn't trying to keep up with anybody. He was doing his own thing. You know what I mean? The same thing with you guys. Actually, Joker, I, I once I'm done, I want to ask you one question about why you chose pro wrestling because I always see you as intense and just I see you more as an MMA guy. So it's it's crazy that you chose pro wrestling over MMA. But we'll get to it in a second. But like with Joker, I always saw like that intensity. Like, like I said, we team up, and I'm like, I should be afraid of him because he will, he could snap and just just beat my ass. I'm what am I gonna do? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when I G's, G's is always, I've always been inter- like just interested in watching G's work because I see G's try things that other people don't, they can't even comprehend to add to the game in wrestling whether it's promos or work in the ring or you know, his moveset, he does flashy stuff, but for a guy his size, you would think he'd be like a Rey Mysterio. Not even. He's doing all this stuff to tell a better story in a match, and he's done that for such a long time, and I don't think people appreciate that because they think, all right, we're going to see this little black dude, and he's going to do Rey, he's going to be black Rey Mysterio. And right, right, stuff, it's almost like they're let down, but then they're like, but damn, that dude could work. You know what I mean? So, like, I always saw that. Robert Marino could sell tickets all day. You got people to come in. And Eddie Kingston, he's just Eddie Kingston. You know, the same guy that you've seen up top, he was doing it back then, just a little less refined. You know what I mean? And the group, it, Blackout itself, it really was a label rather than a stable. You know what I mean? Like, it meant something when they said those words. And, like, that. I mean, that group right there, I always say, like, man, if we would have war games with them, whether it's in Philly and Vineland, Bayonne, wherever, we would have drawn so much money. Hit Squad versus Blackout, but 
Yeah. Like I mentioned before, Joker, how come you chose pro wrestling instead of MMA? Wow. Because uh, <laughs> I assume you have some legit background before you got into wrestling as far as amateurs, right? Well, I mean, I only wrestled in high school, but it was mostly like, I mean, I grew up in Kensington. Like, I was the the first minority family group in an all-Irish neighborhood. So you can imagine growing up how that was like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and growing up fighting all, like every time, getting my ass kicked. You know what I mean? Because I, I mean, you know, I my dad wasn't like the the fatherly type, I would say. He was like, you know, he was, you know, he grew up like, like when I found out, like very strict, like grandmother, you know what I mean? So my father was like real old school, you know, just a provider, not into the whole like, you know, I'm proud of you, good job, that type of shit. So it's like a lot of things I had to learn kind of on my own as a kid. So fighting wasn't really like one of them, you know what I mean? Even though I was like big into like martial arts movies and shit like that. But pro wrestling was like, my mom was always into it. I fucking hated it. I dreaded every time that shit came on Saturday afternoon. I, I fucking hated it. And it wasn't until later on to grade school uh, that I was, you know, during the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Boston, right? And that's, that was the big, like, eye. I was like, holy shit. And he stuck his little finger. Oh, he said ass and whatever. And then ECW. I was introduced to ECW. I was on Channel 48 at the time in Philadelphia, and I remember having to sneak a TV into my room or go down to the basement, cover with a shoot, and be watching ECW. At like, I think at the time it came on like midnight. So once I saw that, it's just automatic attraction, and then that's all I wanted to be was a pro wrestler. After that. That's all I wanted. Um, finally, luckily, during baseball practice one year. When I was in the eighth grade, right next to our baseball field we practiced at was like a garage. And we would, I would hear noises. You know what I mean? At the time, I didn't know what the fuck it was, but it was motherfuckers bumping up. There was a ring in there. So the one day in the summer, they rolled up one of the uh, the fucking, you know, the, uh, the door up, the garage door up, and you could see the ring. That's when I knew it was cool. the wrestling gym. So I inquired a little bit of it. At the time, I was like maybe 15. And my best friend at the time was like older than me. He was 19. So he, you know, wanted to be a wrestler too at the time. So we went and inquired about it. It was like 50 bucks a month. That was like tuition. And uh, he had to play as my cousin so he could coach on me being there. So, you know, going in every day was like nearly six days a week training. Uh, nothing but bumping. Bumping, fucking Hindus, like everything from like just regular back bump, you're doing hundreds of them, then you're doing a face bump, which a lot of people do apparently, like as much as they used to. Then you start getting to your foot bumps and things like that, and then hitting the ropes. Everything was like building your body up to it, and it just sucked. And I'm watching guys, you know, you know, having matches, you know, at, right when we're done, they're in there and they're doing, you know, you know free thing, you know, like uh, open mat time. And then I'm like watching them, and I'm like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I want to get to soon. And I remember finding out finally what pro wrestling is all about. And it broke my heart right then and there. I was like, what the fuck? I, <laughs> I've been gone. So I was like, I thought about it. Uh, I had like an epiphany. And then I just stuck with it. And there was this dude. At the uh, at the gym at the time, I, I don't even know his fucking real name, but they called him Aspirin. Apparently, I found out there's an Aspirin in every fucking gym. There's that one guy that gives 
And Aspen was a younger black dude. I think he was in maybe early 20s, like anywhere from like 21, 22. He was like six foot three. And his gimmick for PW at the time was Izzy the Clown. This dude had a physique. He was young and he introduced me to fucking New Japan at the time. Like the Super J Cup, Benoit, like Pegasus Kid Benoit, Liger, everything, right? Thank God for this fucking retard because like if that opened everything for me. And I've been a huge Benoit guy. That's where all my intensity comes from. Like, it's just a channel of just Benoit, like, period. You know, uh, I'm more of a, even, like, on the outside, when it comes out to work, and then when it came down to, like, you know, my military career, I've always been a methodical tactician. I never, I would never rush into shit. Uh, I knew how to like turn on that switch, you know what I mean, when need be. Uh, you know, how to go from just being sitting down, being a little bit composed, uh, being methodical. I'm always constantly thinking, always con- constantly battle planning, and then right into, you know, bonds of action, like just like that. Even with work today, I, do, I go from just being really calm collective everyone thinks i'm always mad all the time but i'm constantly focusing and thinking and then uh and i can just turn it right on so the same thing that happens while wrestling this opens everything up and that's the one thing i love about it because it allows me to have that creative space to do it without being like penalized you know yeah. what I mean? uh real quick for those who don't know what branch of the military were you in well I joined the Army National Guard because, uh, let's see, at the time, 9-11 happened. I was senior year in high school. I went to an all-boys Catholic school in Center City. First period, I remember, first plane hit. It was U.S. government. Second period was, like, Theology 101. And that's when the second plane hit and everything. So after everything started unfolding the next, like, day or so, that's when right away I went to join the military. And I was supposed to go to art school at the time. I was there, Philadelphia University of the Arts. That was what I was uh pretty much planning on going to at that time with high schools i was i was a big you know comic book artist like that was my thing um when that happened everything changed uh my purpose changed um and it's not like today and i tell people all the time it's like with all the knowledge now that you know with you know the 20 plus years of war and there's so much like knowledge being passed out and a lot of information, it didn't exist then. So I knew nothing about like, the military. So I saw the first fucking recruiter in our cafeteria, went straight to him and talked to him. And then he sold me on the whole, you know, one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. So I was able to still wrestle and go, you know what I mean? Still do shows and train. So that was the, the that was the stellar right there. And of course, you know, after high school, that's all I focused on was, like, having fun before I went to basic training. And then and right after basic training, I felt it, it felt like a, a sense of belonging in a way, like like something I, like, that I felt like I, this is what I was supposed to do. Um, then I go on my first deployment, and that's when, like, I grew up in, like, a battlefield. Like, it just, everything to me clicked. And I remember coming home and wrestling was like the one thing that kept me kind of like connected to people. I had 
my boy Alex was crossroads in Shikara, always emailing me. Nell emailed me. The Gulags emailed me on a constant basis. And it kept me kind of like connected with everything that was going on at home. So it was like a nice distraction from like, you know, like what we were doing, like our mission tempo and stuff was kind of high at the time because I was attached to a scout platoon as a combat engineer. So I was like, I was a demo guy. Mm-hmm. And our rotation was. One platoon would do day ops, the other one would do night ops. So that's what we do for a week with rotating days off. And then when we did our high value target, like our raids, we'd all come together, do our planning, go to sleep all day, basically, wake up, get our shit ready, do our last minute rehearsals, and we roll up by 2 a.m., 3 a.m., snatching our high value targets in that area, in that sector. So once, you know, doing that was fun. I mean, I felt like, that's what I was meant to do. Um, wrestling was a little hard coming back because it just it's, I, I didn't fit well. Like it was the whole coming back, and I didn't have like a sense of purpose anymore. And that's what I was struggling with for a long time when I came home. And wrestling was like probably the only thing that was kind of pulling me back to like a little bit of normalcy, I could say. Because without it, I would I, I definitely would have went back right away, which I ended up going back like a year later with a different company at B-Class, a different MOS, went overseas again, this time as a uh, as a sergeant, a team leader. And then uh, wrestling was always like that one thing I was there. And a lot of times I <coughs> want to do it even to this day sometimes. Like seeing a lot of the shit, it's like, look, I had my fun. Now it's like all I want to focus on is having fun. You know, being around guys like you, like, like, I dread, truthfully, like, going to a fucking show and having to do shit. If you paid me just to go hang out with you guys, hey, I'm with that. You know what I mean? And, and I, mean, I mean, things in the business have changed. They left a bad taste of it off with dickhead promoters and shit. And, you know, you have a vision of what you want to do. And I don't ask for much. You know, I just want to go have fun. And, you know, you get dicked over. And then, like you were saying earlier, with the fucking snowflakes and all this bullshit now, that's changed the game. And my opinion for the fucking worst. Like, I was telling Nell, uh, Nell driving up the Catalyst. The thing that fucking changed everything for me, I remember being a flyer skate zone, going to take a leap. <laughs> Grown-ass man standing in the fucking the mirror using a fucking straightener straightening his head. That's when I knew. <clears throat> I, I don't have a place in here anymore. That's what I do. Because you look at, at that time, like, what, what year was that? Probably like fucking 2014. 14, yeah, around, yeah, around that time. Combat, yeah. zone, combat zone locker room looked like a casting couch for a gay porn. Yeah, it changed <laughs> a lot from what it originally was, definitely for sure. Um, we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit. Thank you for your service, though. I always appreciate it. That oh, it was an honor. It was fun. Trust me, it was fun. But, you know, it's cool that we have, because, you know, in wrestling, there's so many fake people. And, yep. you know, I've always thought of you as someone who's very real. And it's not just you, obviously. Geez. And, you know, the guys, you guys, you guys all know, all three of you know who my guys are that I hang out with, because I keep a very mm-hmm. tight circle. And to me, those are like the realest guys that I see. And Every time I've seen you, it's always been respect and love, and I've always had a lot of lot of respect for you because you put yourself, your life on the line. And, you know, there's not a lot of guys that I know that would do that, including myself. I'll, I'll be honest. 
I play a tough guy on TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not really tough. I'm a video game nerd. What do I know about being tough? <laughs> nah, but um, realistically, uh, you know, you have always been someone that I looked up to because, you know, when you think of the term man, and, and this isn't this has nothing to do with any of the PC nonsense that's going on today. This is just being a human being. When you look at the term man, anybody who's willing to sacrifice themselves for others to me is the definition of a man and a leader and just pure respect. So I always thank you for that. And like I said, you'll always get mad love and respect from me. But um, nah, thank you, man. It's like, it's the same thing with me to you guys, man. Like I, I mean, <laughs> G could testify. We watch you guys the early days of fucking JP. You know what I mean? Like we watch you guys and then being able to like be in the same room and as peers is like a huge thing, even to this day. Like, I don't take anything for granted when it comes down to like getting together with you and fucking Moff and even D. Like, I take nothing for fucking granted. It's like, you know, being in that same position again as we were looking back when we were younger, you know what I mean? Trying to find like our way and then seeing you guys help pave that way for us. So, for me, thank you. Right, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Ray, I'm going to let you ask a question in a second. I just want to ask G something. Mm-hmm. Did you always, because you have one of the better physiques in pro wrestling, and I, I'm not saying that like awful <laughs> what Joker just said, but you, ever since I've known you, though, you've always been shredded and ripped, but in your later years, you got, I mean, ridiculous, and, you know, you have the the, the dungeon, as you call it, uh, in your house, and you constantly posting pictures of you working out. And was it something in you that you've always had to be jacked, or was that something? Because like Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal looks the way he looks, and he never works out. I know this for a right. fact. We've talked; he just naturally has it. Is that something that you naturally have, or is that something that you've always had? Like you built, and then in the later years, you just went crazy with it. Well, for me, I. I got I got good genetics, but but um once I got in like it, it it was like this like so obviously I'm a smaller guy so when we started when I started it was the era of giants so it was like if you're a smaller guy you're not gonna you know what I'm saying you looked at like you're not gonna do anything but fly around you know so I had to like I had to go to the gym I had to look like a wrestler like I didn't want to be um, like a lot of the other smaller guys where they're just small and their gimmick is they're small. So it's like by default, they have to wrestle like a smaller guy. You know what I mean? Um, there are some things that being a smaller guy that I still have to be able to do by default. But again, like I never wanted to be pigeonholed with the rest of the smaller guys, you know? And then it was like over the years when I saw other guys coming up, whether it was like getting in bigger companies, getting signed, whatever, I looked at it like, um, what do these guys have that I don't have? We're the same height, basically. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, um, uh, it was like, they look more like a man. They look like a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? So I had to have that look. And then also, like, uh, piggybacking off of what Joker was saying, like, once I got my hands on old school, New Japan, junior heavyweight wrestling, that's what I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like, Black Tiger... Chris Benoit, you know what I'm saying? You know the legends of the old school New Japan Junior Heavyweight Division. Like I wanted to, I wanted to look like that. I wanted to embody that. 
and then um once you get in the gym you just get addicted and then you you know what i mean you you see the development um like wrestling is a it's all about it's it's all about it's a cosmetic business you know what i mean so it's like um i always wanted my presentation to be top notch i wanted people to look at me and be like damn this dude is put together you know what i'm saying so like that was like that might be a bit of an arrogant thing or whatever but that was that was the mindset you know and like over the years um i just i didn't want to be one of those guys that um that 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 ever fell off like i don't want anybody to be able to poke holes in my game poke holes in my look and my presentation so like that's something just that just keeps me moving that just keeps me fired up to keep going to keep looking right because like um like you don't have to look like a gym guy to be a wrestler but in my mind i have to look a certain way you know what i'm saying it, it, it's just me i have to look a certain way um to 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 be taken seriously you know um so that that's pretty much what it is i i have to look a certain way i have to be I have to present myself in a certain way. I, I owe it to the game, you know? It, it definitely helped you because I remember in the discussion about uh, who the next JAP champ would be, uh, Key and I both said that you're a believable champion. And, like, it, it nobody was against you at all, but it was definitely the look. You look like a man next to the rest of these boys. And the crazy thing is, is that you were the shortest one there but you look more of a man, a grown ass man in this business as right. compared to some of these kids that look like twinks, you know, mm -hmm. and look, they could all wrestle. And like, you know, I put you, the first match that I gave you was Keith Lee. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. for a reason. It was because I wanted everyone to see that you have that different style. And that was a great match. You know what I mean? Thanks. If I could find it anywhere, please. I recommend you look up Keith Lee versus black G's because you know, they put on a great match, you know, and like I said, the whole thing was we're going to have a champ. We didn't know at that point what was going to happen with JP. We thought it was going to last a little bit longer than the two shows or three shows that we did, but we were looking at it as we wanted someone who's going to be taken serious as a champ. When you look at the poster, because nowadays when you look at these posters, it it really does look like a teenage magazine, heartthrob magazine, you know, yeah. and, you know, and, and and listen, there's some great talents out there. I love the talents that I'm seeing. I love the mm -hmm. styles that they're bringing. Obviously, there still needs to be a little bit more. But, you know, when I looked at G's holding the JP strap, I was like, see, that looks like a champion. You know what I mean? That looks like someone that, all right, what's he going to do? And then if I know you, I always looked at it like, if I know you and I know that you're short, how are you going to overcome something? So the first thing right. there, Keith Lee one of the pop most popping wrestlers at the time huge it's a total david and goliath but if you watch the match that match wasn't david and goliath that match was a wrestling match it was a good fight you know what i mean and there's a point one of my favorite pictures is when keith lee is sitting outside on the guardrail because you wore him out and he looks like he got hit by the mondays you know what i'm saying <laughs> and, and that's you know okay. that's one of the the cool things i loved about working with you and having you at JP was you got to be, you know, outside of your normal zone and mm -hmm. that focuses on you, even though I, you know, I try to get Joker in as much as possible. And we did that, um, <laughs> that crazy match uh, at uh, the anniversary show with the cage. Um, 
with uh, you and Key. It's supposed to be uh, Homicide in there, but Homicide got a zipper put in his forehead like an idiot. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. He caught the, I think it was, was it Sammy's? I think it was Sammy's Chicago or some shit. Yeah, something like that. And he just caught the back of his head. And, you know, we, we had Joker in there. We did some stuff that, you know, that month before in Bayonne. And, um, you know, we, we, I just wanted to make sure that we had you guys in there because, like I said, we were trying to establish that it was the locker room of grown men. And it was, right. you come in there, you weren't just going to get thrown in there with anybody. You're going to be thrown in with people that know how to work and people that look like fighters. You know, and, um, you know, you guys are always my one of my top choices, both of you guys. But, you know, I am going to let Ray ask a few questions because I keep taking up the time. And, you know, I want I know he's got some stuff. And I, if I know Ray, he's also got pictures and clips ready. Yeah. For me. So no, there you definitely, go. Definitely. now, but first off, before we start the combo here, shout out to Desmond Cole in the chat. Desmond right Cole. There we go. Again, that episode just dropped today on Catalyst. So go check it out. Desmond Cole versus Griffin McCoy, and uh, stay tuned for that ending of the match because that was a that was a sight to see as well. It's a lot of fun. But, <laughs> but here we go. Before we get into the questions, first off, I have to say thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of this conversation as well. Because just being a fly on the wall here, getting to hear your guys' stories is amazing. And also, Joker, thank you again for your service. Truly, uh, an honor to get to speak to you with you here today. Thank you. So, thank you for having me. But let's get into it. I do have some pictures here. So I, I want to ask for both of you, again, we, we heard about the pairing. We heard about how you guys had your mentalities getting into wrestling. But how did the pairing happen? How did we get to this here with, wow. with you wow. guys joining <laughs> together here? And again, when I was doing my research. Ray does his homework when it comes to this. Yeah, I, I got to. I got to. I got to do my research, man. I want to know how did we get here and how we get to well initially the pairing of Sabian and Joker. How did that happen? Man, uh, well, well, let's, uh, uh, you take you start from the beginning now. You start. Uh, all right. So um, that uh, that that school that Joker trained at, right? Um, so and, uh, originally, like I was getting, I my first um, at first. I went down to uh, to see Hard Rock Hamilton, you know what I mean, and and he was one of those types that was like it was it was me and my cousin Aaron. Aaron is a big guy, right? So when Hard Rock Hamilton saw Aaron, he was like, uh, "Yeah, there, I can do a lot with you, but with you, I don't know. You're small. You you know what I'm saying you, you're not going to make it." So he was the first person. Hard Rock Hamilton was the first person to tell me that I wouldn't make it because of my size, right? So um. Uh, so then I ended up getting trained at like uh like Damon Feldman, man. Um he had like uh it wasn't even really it wasn't really a school. He had like crash pads in like um in a nightclub in like uh a little pass up or Derby, you know what I mean? Um and I was get I was learning how to bump on these crash pads. I was learning from a crash crew, Gemini and Munch and uh uh Sebastian Rose. So then there was a time where they were where they were like, it was a time where they were like, okay, so we have this school that we're actually going to go to. It has a ring. You guys are going to really learn how to um, learn how to wrestle, right? So that school that they took us to was where Joker got trained at, you know. Um, so uh, once me and Joker, so so 
I would go down to that school every day. So Joker and the guys there was like, uh, don't tell them that you're coming down here to train because they're going to get pissed off. So you'll learn from us during the week and you'll come down on Sunday with your class. So um, I was doing that, going there to train every day. So then I would come down there with my with my class on Sunday and they would and they would get pissed off at me. I started getting heat right from then when I was a greenie. You know what I'm saying? Because they were like, how is he? How is he? Um, how is he developing faster than us when he's only here once a week like us? They didn't know that I was going down there every single day to train, right? So like right from the jump, right from the jump, me and Joker clicked right away, just like that. And then it was just like we were training partners, and then everywhere that we wrestled, we were paired up together. You know what I'm saying? So like that picture you showed, that was Chikara. Um, uh, I sent a tape of me and Joker stuff to Quackenbush. Quackenbush liked it, and he brought us in. You know what I mean? So then, um, it started from there, man. Uh. Um, we started doing our thing. So then, um, um, the name Sabian, man, uh, I got that name from the, from, <laughs> I got that name from the negotiator. Um, Every time it comes Kevin's, on, that's all I think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, had uh, it on my cell phone as Sabian up until like maybe three years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so it was just like, um, you know how it is, man, when you're trying to come up with a, with a wrestling name, like I couldn't think of anything. So for whatever for whatever reason, that name just clicked and I was like, I'm gonna be Chris Sabian. So it actually started off as Chris Sabian and then like um it, it just got shortened. I think uh Jose the Don, he I think he told me um it was this cat named Jose. He was running the show and uh it the show that it was it was actually the show that we met Ruckus on. So like before that show he pulled me aside and he was like, hey, we got to come up with a name. Chris Sabian isn't happy, meaning that name sucked. So I couldn't think of anything. So then um, I either said, let's drop the Chris or he said, drop the Chris, just be Sabian. You know what I mean? So I just went by Sabian for a long time. And then eventually I felt like that name sucked and I had to change it again. I might have like went in a whole different direction from your question. But, you know what I mean? I I ramble on good. a lot, you know. <laughs> Listen, I <laughs> I always thought Blackout, what stood out about Blackout was the different names in that you had Ruckus, which mm -hmm. you know, if you listen to Wu-Tang, bring the Ruckus, yeah. you thought of that. You right. had Kingston, you know, that was a unique sounding name and it sounded like yeah. someone that could be a pro wrestler. Joker, right. you, you know, like whenever I hear Joker, I always think of like the Mexican mafia guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's my little Joker Holmes, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. that's somebody that you ain't gonna screw with, you know what I mean? And then whenever I heard Sabian, I was like, damn, that's unique. That's not like a regular name. So it's gotta be something, like it's one of those names that you you wanna check out what's going on about this dude that he's Sabian and why is he with the group? Does that make sense? Right, it makes you know? sense, it makes sense. Yeah. But then when the Black Jeep name came from a night hanging out with John Dahmer. Yep. <laughs> that shit? Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Shout out to John Dahmer, man. I, yeah. I got a chance to wrestle him like once. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a smart dude, man. He's he's a brilliant guy, like real cool, real chill. But like that, like I was like you know talking about earlier with the Black G's name. It was right after the infamous Becky Bayless ass grab. And the bitch slap from the Midwest coming from Jimmy Jacobs afterwards. Straight shoot, too. Straight shoot. So, 
I remember we would hang out at Dahmer's a lot, right? Like later shit watching like old like Smoky Mountain or whatever and just bullshit, just shoot the shit and bullshit. And Dahmer it came up with this fucking slogan and joke. Like Becky was blessed by black Jesus. <laughs> so he blesses them by grabbing their asses. So for a while, Jesus doing after that, he would always go like this. Ah. And grab chicks. And then ever since then, it just became like the household name that he developed to where he's at today. That's what said. Grab the cakes, Jesus. Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, that that's great. Hey, it worked out because that was gonna be my next question. So how do we develop into the next how do we get to Black G's? So that works. That's that's yeah. perfect. There you go. Thank you, Becky Bayless. <laughs> yep. Yeah, definitely. Alumnus. Was it like soft? I, I can't ask you that why. Was it like soft or was it like firm? Uh like soft as in I don't work out soft or like like you know what I mean? I think, like a pillow. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, it was a long time ago, but I, I think, I think it was probably firm. I think it was firm. You know what I mean? I'm gonna um, have to look back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like that. That that got me a lot of heat, man. That was like, uh, <laughs> like man, that heat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've gotten a lot of heat over the years, and it's like. It's crazy to me that like um that incident, like uh like the aftermath of that incident made people look at me like I was a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like for years, you know, and um like uh it's crazy, man. And it and like it, it even feels like Man, how long ago was that? That was like at least what, fifteen years ago? And it, 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 it still uh, feels two thousand, oh, like two thousand, two thousand four, two thousand four. So like was eighteen years ago, right? Two thousand four. It happened at a uh, cage cage of death six, which was in two thousand four, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's crazy, man. It, it feels like uh, what like eighteen years later? It seems like some people still hold a grudge. Over something that happened in wrestling 18 years ago. That's crazy, bro. That is crazy. You know what I mean? Back then, the CZW fans, we could we could talk about it. They were passionate yeah. about the product. Mm-hmm. And they followed everything religiously and defended everything CZW religiously to everyone. Right. That's why that JAP CZW food was able to exist because you know, both fans on both sides. You know they carried that feud hard you know and the czw fans obviously they had greater numbers you know what i mean and like as the internet progressed because back then when we started there was no internet i mean there was but it wasn't there was no youtube right. there, it was just message boards and you know you, you really couldn't do much but as the internet progressed i felt like czw grew with the internet because the fans were so insane about the product you know and I always felt like you guys, Blackout, um, you know, uh, uh, Gage, Hate Club, um, just all those guys that were the, the the CCW heart was what they loved the most, and you know they always carried things over. As uh, as far as your hate, I never saw anybody really hate you. I saw people that were like what you said earlier, like, "Damn, this guy's really good. Why is he so good?" 
You know what I mean? I did see that, you know, but coming from, you know, a guy who went to almost every locker room on the, on this side of the planet, you know, I rarely saw any eight year way. Um, but I will say this before I move on to the next question, me and you share something because one time storyline, I was wrestling pretty boy, Matt Stryker, WWE Matt Stryker. He came out with Becky Bayless. And we had like a little mm-hmm. bit of a three match feud. And at the end of the feud, Becky Bayless turned on Matt Stryker and me and Becky Bayless made out over Matt Stryker's body. And I dumped her right. <laughs> so nice. nice. So we got some, some common ground. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, it was, a, it, it was just one of those things, man. Like, um, like, I, like, I don't understand, like, like, like heat, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to get heat, brother. You're going to get heat. It's like that, that term, like more often than not is BS because like, think about it. Like you getting heat over something that's like ridiculous. And like this so called heat. You know what amplified so it though? Like it wasn't that, that just the ass grab. It was the fact that at the time, no one knew that you've been wrestling at the time, probably going like five, six years, right? Like you, yeah, so like, no one knew that. So the right, fact so, that Jimmy smacked you and you smacked him back, that's what put the gasoline in that that's, fucking fire. That's, it, it, exactly, because because I was looked at like I was a student, like, like I was probably a CCW student. So it was like, why did this CCW student do this? So it was like, I get slapped to put the student in his place. But I'm like, nah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now, I've been wrestling for five years or whatever, but also, I'm a man first. You know what I mean? And, like, you, like, all three of us, we come from the same background. You know what I mean? So it's like, if somebody slaps you, you're going to slap them back. It's not going to be one of those, uh, I get slapped, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for putting me in my place, sir. Nah. You slapped me, so you're getting slapped back. You know what I mean? So, and and, and then going back to the heat thing, it's like, most of the stuff that gets you heat, that stuff can be taken care of with a conversation between adults. You know what I mean? It's like, like this so-called heat, you're not, it's not involving anything serious. You know what I'm saying? You can just talk it out. But the like the 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 vibe of pro wrestling is like little things like that is frowned upon. Um, being being um, speaking up for yourself and speaking up for the boys. Like when you have that lane to be the general, if you speak up for yourself and the boys, it's frowned upon. You looked at it as hard to deal with, unprofessional, all that other nonsense. You know what I'm saying? And it's like guys like us, we cut we 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 cut from a different cloth. And it's like we're gonna stand up for ourselves, we're gonna stand up for the people that can't, that don't have a voice because they're scared, and it's frowned upon. So like it's crazy. Like people in the business will take that. And look at and, and try to run with it and try to keep you out of companies, hold you down. Yeah, don't book him. He's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because guys like us, we're influential. So when we come into locker rooms, like these weak-minded people that try to like uh that try to like keep all of the uh, all of the power, they don't want guys like us because their influence is gonna be gone because real cats like us are there. You know what I mean? It's crazy, you know. I can go on and on and on about that stuff, you know? But it's like... When it comes to this business, perception is reality. Yeah. They perceive you as one thing, and they get Mm -hmm. other people to believe that perception, then that's the reality. But we know it's the truth. Yeah, because, like, like, 
like I look up to to the old school guys that you look at them and you believe everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go old school. Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, the Horseman, guys like that. So it's like um, a lot of cats in the game, they'll like uh, they would see like my promos and all that. And they'll believe they'll think that that's the person all the time when I'm like, damn, bro, we in the same business. The camera is on like the the, the fans are supposed to believe that we have educated eyes here. We you know, what I'm saying we're on this side. Why are you? You know, it's crazy. There's a lot you know? more of the fans on the other side of the guardrail now, and mm-hmm. it makes it harder mm-hmm. for business to be done so that more business can be done done in the future like a lot of people don't see the big picture you know so they want to do things right away that's why a lot of companies now they're not developing storylines they're going for the big attraction match you know Mm -hmm. and yeah that'll get you a few fans at first but what happens when you start running out of attraction matches you know what i'm saying yeah and and business model is it, it could be changed but i feel like there's a lot of people who don't want to invest because they right. they're tired or they don't know how to you know and, yeah. and but but in the long run i think as long as guys like us are around to show the younger guys that can work that really want it then yeah. it will be okay you know what i mean like kids like desmond cole and uh you know ray was interviewing tristan ty gabriel sanchez um gabriel sky and uh, i was because i was looking at your name at the same time right uh you know those guys the younger guys and like there's a, a few other cats you know that are mm-hmm. in the now that are you know they probably got less than seven eight years under their belt but you know they're good and they're humble and they respectful you know and there's a few guys like that that are coming up that i feel like as long as guys like us are around to show them they'll carry on that tradition you know what i'm saying right. so yeah. um real quick uh like because the czw locker room combat zone was led by john zandig someone that you both respected and someone that i respected you know but i i had to earn his respect as well by working for him later on um but he was someone that he cared about at least that was the opinion i got i didn't work as under him as you guys did you know he always came off as someone that earned the respect of his peers what did you guys think of him like I said earlier, like I looked at John's like a father figure to me. Like we'd have these small like conversations right off to the side. Like you know, who just shoot the shit? As I mean, John has he came up hard in, in like that part of Jersey. You know what I mean? Like John ain't no fucking overnight tough guy. Like John, John's got a fucking reputation back in the day. You know what I mean? And he carries that with him well. He's loyal as fuck. I mean, you give him a loyalty, he'll back you up. Like, he'll fucking walk through the gate the hell with you. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's John. John knew how to bring the guys because he's one of the boys. He That's what he was. He was, like, one of them rare, like, promoters. You know what I mean? Like, you have certain promoters that are workers and promoters, and nine out of ten times it seems like, like now, like, the same person wants to bother in everything. They want to be in the top matches and all that shit. You know what I mean? With John, no. It was all about the boys. It was about his product. Like, John had this vision of combat zone. And if anybody was a step in the way to try to change it from what he wanted it to be, 
there is going to be a problem. That's why I'm booking probably towards the end of us being there was changing. Like, one point, Matt Pankos got thrown down the stairs in the fucking crow's nest. You know, I remember that shit now? That yeah. time Burns and season W parted ways. Like, there was a lot of turmoil because John is vision. And for a long time back then, I've always wondered, like, why didn't John want to work with other companies? Like, you know, like, like a WSW, whatever, right? And until I see why firsthand when fucking DJ exploited the company, and that's when I understood why John didn't want to do it. Because John, with CZW at that time, and still even today, has such a fucking huge name. You know what I mean? You can't deny it. Fucking combat zone. It took over the arena right after ECW went up, right? So with WXW, when you look back at it, what the fuck was CZW going to gain from WXW Germany? Nothing. Mm-hmm. What did they have to gain? Everything. And that's why John didn't work with a lot of these companies. And I didn't notice it until later. Of course, you mature a bit. You see things from a different you know, spectrum. And John wasn't there trying to get rich like a lot of these motherfuckers. Now, nah, that's the problem today. Everybody, it's like the same saying goes at my job in jail. Every cocksucker wants to be a fucking Pablo Escobar. Everybody. Every cocksucker wants to be a fucking Vince McMahon. That motherfucker grew into money. That's how he got to where he is. Look at Tony Khan now. It's the same thing. I'm not disrespecting any of them. It's just the way it is. Came with money. You're not coming up in this fucking business to be a rich man. If you are, you're a fucking fool. Wake the fuck up in the morning and wash your mouth out with fucking buckshot. That's how fucking stupid you are. You think you're going to come into this shit being a fucking millionaire from nothing. It's not the way it works. And that's the problem now. Because everybody wants to create this product. What's going to be, what's going to make your product different from everybody else? That's the, that's the main thing. What's going to be different? You know what I mean? Like you see, of course, like in my opinion, and this is my opinion, like this industry needs WWE, bottom line. You need it. Because think about it, without him now, what is going to aspire to be or to go to? You need him. He's he creates the competition. He creates like what we hunger for and want to do, honestly. You know what I mean? Because of that, you take that away. What's your aspiration? Of, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Like for a lot of guys, like a lot of guys who want to be a WWE star. That's that. Me personally, that was never my thing. It was just not my thing. I just wanted to be a respected competitor. That's it. You know. And it's not to knock on anyone's dreams and shit. Like, that's what you want. That's what you want. But then it's like now with going back to like G's and Heat, you got these promoters. It's like the, it, it, I I'm more of a tribal guy. I'm 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 a tribe. I, I have tribal mentality. When you look back at tribal times, you got your hunters, your gatherers, everyone has a part to contribute to the tribe, right? Right when you get that one person that all they they can't hunt, they can't gather, they're, they're not they're not able to be a war chief, they can't do any of that, right? But they all they have is this, right? That's the cancer. You need to eliminate that. Because if you don't, all they have to keep them in a position is that gift for gab to turn people against each other so that they benefit in the long run to what keeps them in power. That's why we have fucking politicians and shit like that. You know what I mean? And the rest of the push is the same thing. You got a fucking cocksucker who thinks you 
can dictate what's gonna happen to my career. You live in your fucking grandmother's basement. You wear fucking cargo shorts 24 fucking seven, fucking all seasons of the fucking year. And you know what I mean? Like what the fuck you got going for yourself? But you yourself, you think you can determine what you can do with me, what route you're gonna pretty much push my life to or try to take money out of my fucking hands. And a lot of these motherfuckers don't understand. Like I've never taken to the point where like I need this money, right? But the thing is, when you look at taking a grown man's money from them, that that will make you into a body. And that's what a lot of these motherfuckers don't understand. Like, you want to fuck with a dude's living? Like, if I got to that point where I felt as though you were fucking with my, my livelihood, I'm going to air you the fuck out. I'm going to put a shit ton of holes in and that, And then I'm going to basically fucking make an example out of you to everybody. And that and that that itself right there would help alleviate a lot of the bullshit now because then you got these assholes that one you got the fucking balls in the front you face to face or talk shit behind your fucking back. Once you confront them, now it's like, oh, I didn't say that. You know what I mean? You want to be a gangster or whatever. These guys that you think have your back are fake tough guys. They created a gimmick as a tough guy, but you were never a fucking tough guy, because I guarantee you, and I'm a chill motherfucker, Steve, all you guys know, I'm fucking cool, and I'm level-headed, you know what I mean, but get me to the point, and I back into a fucking corner, I'm gonna go for the fucking jugular, and I'm not fucking that scared to take to that next level, a lot of cocksuckers don't even understand what it takes to get to that level, who are capable of getting themselves to that fucking level, I will take your fucking life from you. That's plain and simple. I got you 1000%. And I'm pretty sure everyone that's watching this understands that when they see Joker in the ring, that there is nothing that is going to stop him but himself as far as when he's intent on getting something that he wants. I just want to have fun. Like, I want to go back, and the one thing I envy with fucking Ruckus is that he always remembers, like, that moment when you start off as a backup wrestler mimicking your icon. That's all I want to do now is have that, like, what made me want to be the wrestler mindset? Like, what made me want to do You know what I mean? That's why mm-hmm. I want and it gets so cool as I learn about cool athletes now. It's great to make money, but when they start bitching about a couple of million dollars, motherfucker, you play this sport for free, willingly, seven a fucking week. You know, and then, if you were able to channel that back, you wouldn't have issues. And that's all I'm trying to do now. I don't need the fucking money. I'm not trying to fucking go anywhere. I'm not in that earth to go, you know what? I want to go to New Japan. I want to do this. They came knocking on my door. Yeah, I'll answer and see what I can do. But I'm, but I'm, not, I'm not pursuing this. It's not what I want at all. My, my only thing right now that I want is like to hang out with my friends for probably some of the final times I may have wrestling, you know what I mean? Until I can finally feel comfortable enough to take that vaccine. I've tried it many times and it's so hard, so hard because it's like part of my fucking DNA. Doing it since I was like 15 years old, you know what I mean? And it, it would, it's not going away. The bottom line is part of your fucking genetics, basically. Okay. So, you know, and, and the, the track for the is just, 
I just want to be with my boys, with the people that I call brothers. You know what I mean? Like, I fucking hate my fucking blood relatives. You know what I mean? Real quick, uh, while we're, we got you, Ray, you got that clip ready? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, we we got a few, so which one, no, which one no, would you I'm like? About what, who, who I asked about, Mr. Zandig and Joker. Got you. We got to get exactly what clip. So let's when play. When this plays, I wanted to get your quick thoughts, and then, geez, I want you to cut Joker off at some point and let us know what you think about Zandig. Jesus. <laughs> we'll be right back. Belly to belly overhead. Zandig with a staple gun. And another... Dewey Donovan is a madman. Oh my goodness. Jesus. Oh, damn it, it got cut. They, they, they cut it on the original video. I don't know why. I know. Like, um, I know we talked about it the other day when we were at Catalyst. Uh, what was that moment like for you, Joker? Oh, man. <laughs> uh... Let's see, it was hot as shit when we were up there when that shit went up. I remember saying, like, oh, fuck. I was like, Jesus. And then waiting. I was waiting for it to kind of, like, the temperature go down. That's how hot it was. And then we just go. And I'm like, all I could do is, like, it's weird. It's like I, I just blew my, like, last breath out. And there was, like, a dead silence. Like, you know how you lay there in the middle of the ring and someone's come off the top with something? And you're and it's a dead silence. You know they're they're airborne and they're inbound the land That's what it was like. I remember hitting it, not feeling anything, and like the I was just worried about bubbling up like Nikki did that that summer. You know what I mean? When he got when he was on fire for a little bit and he bubbled up behind his neck and shit. And I, that's what I was worried about. So after we landed, um, there was like tax shit in the ring, and my back felt raw. So laying there getting pinned, that that was very interesting. And I was just happy it was over. And when they came in the ring, and John, these guys had the best security and ring crew, in my opinion. I didn't give a fuck. These dudes. They care about you. And they ran in with buckets of water, and I just said, don't pour that shit on me. Just let me lay here and simmer until I'm cool to walk away. And that, that's what that was. Jeez, were you, you were watching that, right? You were right there. Yeah. You, right? What were you thinking uh, watching this? I was thinking, man, that's some crazy shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh. Man, that, that shit was wild, bro. It, it's 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 just wild. You know what I mean? Look, but like that 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 but that that was CCW though. So it's like um like you realize how wild it is and like how dangerous it is, but you see it so much that you're like it's CCW. But then like like with but but that in particular, that was like that was a little that was a little extra meaning it was like it went from being like holy shit to like whoa, like whoa, you know what I'm saying? And then like seeing him like days later, it was like reality kicked in. And I'm like, damn, bro, like 
Like fuck, you know what I'm saying? It was like, damn, like this shit is this shit is serious, you know? Are like, you uh, it, ask you to do uh, that? <laughs> huh? I said, aren't you glad that they didn't ask you to do that? Yeah, but I mean, like it's like uh, I would have, I would have never, I would have never had the heart to do it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I think uh. I'm wondering, like, like when, when, whatever year that was, I wonder if, like, I was at a point then where I was, I would have been comfortable with saying I don't want to do it, or if you know how it is when you, when you don't, when you don't want to look like a look like a punk, or you, or you sort of feel like you can't say no. I'm not sure if I, if I was at the point where I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Because like the 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 year that um the year that I was in Cage of Death. You know what I'm saying? I definitely wasn't at the point where I would say no to stuff. I just wanted to like um get the respect of the fans by by taking bumps off of high stuff, no matter how many concussions, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not even sure I would have I would have said no. I probably I might have done it, you know what I'm saying? But man, that was serious, man. You know? I was gonna say, geez, you took your own your own fall too, and uh yeah, we got that clip as well. So yeah. Let's, uh, let's show that so we can get your thoughts on. You probably should have said no. <laughs> oh, he with the powder in the eyes. No matter how you look at it, that would never work out perfectly. Yeah. yeah. There's right, no way. Right. True. No way. True. True, true. No way. I mean, it's not because it's, it's, it's not like you're practicing. You came down like the safest you can come down. Yeah, yep, yep. It's like that. Yeah, I, and um, and like back then it was like no fear. Like back then, my mentality was, I'm in CZW. Um, I just want that holy shit chant. I just want that CZW CZW yep. chant. I just want. I just want the fans to like me, regardless of if I cripple myself or not. You know what I'm saying? I just want Zandig. I just want Zandig to be like good shit, brother. Stuff like that. And and like I remember, like right when we were about to do the spot. You know what I'm saying? Cash is like, you ready? I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do it. So we do it. And then next thing I remember, I remember like uh sitting up in the locker room, like what happened? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was, it was a wild night, and like not only me, but like the bump that Jack Evans took was wild. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, like uh, <laughs> a couple of us could have could have been could have checked out that night. You know what I'm saying? It, it was wild, man. But those yeah. were the days, man. Those all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to Jack Evans. Shout out to Chris Cash. Yep. But like all of that stuff, all of that stuff, whether people think it's foolish or not, that's all part of the journey. You know what I'm saying? That's all part of like um. Like a lot, like all of us have done a lot of stuff that maybe now thinking back, it's like, why did I do that? But it's part of the journey. That was like all part of like what made you love this. You know what I'm saying? You're just trying to climb. You had to do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're trying to climb that ladder, regardless of how you got to do it. You want to get to a certain point, and and it's like, fuck it, let's do it. You know. So I'm still here, breathing. You know what I'm saying? Not banged up, so it all worked out. Joker is still breathing. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Not banged up, so it all worked out. Steve is still here, breathing. You know what I'm saying? It all worked out, you know? So that's just part of the journey, you know? It also goes to show that 
with the three of us, that loyalty, respect, and family mentality, mm-hmm. others we share the locker room is strong because yep. you guys did this, and I'm pretty sure it's it's like how a lot of people talk about Vince McMahon. You know, he wouldn't ask you to do something if, unless he would do it himself. You know what I mean? And exactly. Exactly. Yep. Frank, it was the same joint. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they wouldn't ask you to do something unless they would do it themselves. You know, and, yep. you know, mm-hmm. you know, like you said before, you wanted to get that good job from the boss. You know what I mean? Because you knew that you were doing your job and you were getting the respect of your peer. You know, and yep. you know, I feel like a lot of this stuff. I mean, I watch clips where I'm like, damn, where like you know the head shrinkers. That's one of my favorite you know tag teams of all time. You know, and growing up working with Sam and, and Fatu and like having a chance to see them in person and talk to them and share a locker room and share outside means more the world to me. But like I watched them when they were young. You got Fatu at 300 pounds coming off the top doing a splash straight to the concrete. No, yeah. it's no nothing. You know what I'm saying? So the same yeah. thing you're talking about, if you look back at the guys that we grew up watching, they did the same thing. So it was just generation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, but again, it comes from that love and respect of you want the people in the back, your boys, your brothers, your sisters, to yep. you know, understand that you're willing to go all out for them to make this company better so that we all make money. And you also want yeah. fans to have something to talk about and remember, you know, yep. fly, yep. come up that cage if you don't want Matt Square talking about him 40 years later. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Same thing True. with Mick Foley. You know, he don't come up that cage if he don't want people talking about him. So right. It's our version of that, you know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. Made, I feel like we all made the most of those opportunities, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right? No, definitely. Again, and I, I again I have to say this is why I respect all of you for what you guys have done. Because again, putting your bodies like that, it's it's no easy task. There's a reason why I started this podcast like that. Respect the craft was because of that. You guys have put your bodies for this craft, something you guys love, something you guys wanted to do, and seeing clips like that, it is that right that rite of passage and you guys have earned everything you guys have gotten since like it, it shows. And it, again, I have to say thank you for letting me be here. But we do have some some more a little more uh normal clips now. A little more now back more. to your <laughs> I'll call it more normal. But again, you guys are still hard hitting in this. So again, there was a reason why you guys were holding these goals while you yeah. guys were those CZW tag team champions. Back up, please. There you go. Look at the Joker, that wellness version of Black G's. Right, that, 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 that was like during my uh, my MMA days, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, Ray found the. He'd be finding the gems. I, I, I go oh, researching, man. I got to make sure. Again, there's a reason why it's glory days. I got to go back all the way. I got to do my research. But here we go. This is one clip. From those CZW days, let's talk about it right after this. I can tell you from first-hand experience, 
that your air leaves your body when that elbow makes contact, and all you can do, do is, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what's up. Was that uh, Azrael and Bandito in that match? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Shout yep. out to those yeah. two. Yeah, man, we we had some we had some fun times, man. Some fun matches. It was like it was four guys that think alike, man. You know what I'm saying? It was just like we would wrestle, we would wrestle as in Bandito every day of the week, every day of the year if we could, man. It was like those were guys that like uh you know when you're gonna work with them, everything was like this. You know what I'm saying? It was just fun, man. Nothing to worry about. You knew that like people was gonna get their money's worth. It was no um it was no selfishness. You know what I'm saying? No just four guys just going in there. Yeah, no ego. Just four guys going in there and just like tearing it down, man. That was some, that was some fun times. I remember Get out of here. Get out of here. My dog keep getting in the way. Get out of here. Hearing about that few time, that being one of the most standout parts of CZW at the time, because you guys were tearing it up every single time you get in there with each other. And uh, I was able to catch one of the matches. And you guys, it was an awesome awesome tag team match and i'm a tag team guy so you know for me like that's what i'm always going to watch first but you know it, it was you know four guys that i got a lot of uh close association with and you know, i was loving watching you guys kill it in there you know and it, the good thing is like for guys like me i could always tell when you guys are having fun and it always looked like you guys were always having fun with them you know yeah, yeah it definitely did and, every uh, time and that, like that was a time where like um the whole story, like what me and Joker were trying to do, we were trying to like, we were trying to like get that feud with Homicide and Low Key, man. Cause like, um, like touching on what, what Joker said earlier, man, like, uh, like we looked up to you guys. We looked up to you, Mav, Key, and, and, and D. You know what I'm saying? Like we just wanted, we just wanted to earn you guys' respect. You know what I'm saying? And then once we met and got cool with each other and became colleagues, man, that was like, um, that was like a bucket list shit right there. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, um, we wanted that feud or even if it was just that match, Joker and G's versus Homicide and Loki. You know what I'm saying? It would have been like, uh, if I'm being honest, it would it would have been like our final test. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, those, those are the big bosses right there. It was like, that would have been our final test. If we get in there with those two and we succeed, we can accomplish anything in the business. But you know what I mean? Like normal wrestling politics stopped that particular match or feud from happening. I mean, it eventually ended up being uh, Homicide in Kingston, which we did in CZW. Then we did it in Jersey All-Pro. The Jersey All-Pro match was way better. You know what I'm saying? It turned out way better. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, with that match. You know what I mean? But that's the, that's the vibe we was on, man. We were just going out there having these... Uh, Tag matches going out there destroying things, man. Like we we was able we man like if if wrestling politics wasn't what it was, we would have like we would have like man like it would have been sky's the limit for what we could have done as a tag team in this business, bro. You know? Yeah, definitely. It's it's funny you mentioned that tag match. I got the graphic here, but also I got a short clip from it. I was able to find a little bit of that matchup, so let's play from that JAP matchup and talk about again how insane that match was. Apparently they went to public school. Down goes Homicide and Joker's against the rope now. Big kick! 
Homicide laid out. It could be it. New champs. No. So, I was going to say the clip was so good, we lost Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus felt that match hard right <laughs> He bounced. There you go. He disappeared for you. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what happened, man. That's that, right. That, 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 that clip was too hot for my phone, I guess. I don't know. It's just like it's just like before a show, you know. Jeez disappears off in a little corner somewhere, <laughs> and then comes right back. <laughs> um, like I said, shout out to Sam Roberts who's doing his thing everywhere when it comes to you know, yeah. uh, wrestling and WWE and whatever. You know that that dude started at JP, and you know, it's like it's cool to see him blowing up, and you know, um, I you know I. Up until, I want to say like two weeks ago, I forgot that that match at JP happened. Um, and like I caught a little bit of it. I didn't catch too much. And like that match was banger. You guys are you guys are going hard in that match. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like I said before, with like with Az and Eddie uh, Bandito, you know, you guys, it, it's another one. You could tell you're having fun, but at the same time, you're putting in work. And um, yeah. You know, that's that's the one thing that I loved about our area, you know, like, yeah, you can have fun and be a clown and, you know, do, you know, joking spots, you know what I'm saying? But for the guys that come to work, the reason why this area for a long time was shark infested waters was because everybody was they had that hunger and desire and the fire to just be the top guy and competitive. And, you know, it was always good to see that it was good, healthy competition. You know, yeah, there was yep. some backstabbing by some guys, but you know, for the most part, yeah, they work hard. You knew what the guys were because they were on top on every card in the area, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I was glad when you guys came to JP because I felt like it was going to make guys work harder now, you know. Um, like yeah. guys were already working hard, but now they have to step their game up, you know. And um, and, and in a way, too, like. Especially after the death of Trent Acid, I always felt like Philly was missing like a little bit of like that heart, you know. Um, and when I say that, I mean like the guys who go into other companies and other states and represent Philly. I felt like yeah. it had dipped a little bit. And then when you guys came, and like you guys like like how the Briscoes represent Delaware, you guys are represent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I felt yep, it, yep. and I was like, "All right, this is what's up now." Philly's got some good, strong, solid tag team representation, guys that people see as legit. So now, when you have them on the card, people are going to be like, "All right, that's the match I want to see." You know? So right. in a way, you know, by you coming to JAP, I felt like you took you filled that void that was gone with Trent being gone. You know? Right, um, right. And like, it was cool to see, you know, um, that. You were getting so much love. Did you guys feel as much love as you know? I I thought I was seeing everybody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I felt it a lot. Like, like, like when you know, with JP, it was like a locker room that I felt more like welcome compared to like a lot of places. I'm not saying I went to like fair shit shit locker rooms or whatever. I mean, everyone had respect, but it was like it wasn't so different from our environment like anytime i went to like new york i had a lot of love out of new york you know from all you guys and stuff because we both kind of like see 
as the same type of people. Like we're all we're all in the game to fucking to hustle and fucking get our name out there and work together because we're all from the same type of environment. You know what I mean? And yeah, like you touched on earlier, you get a couple of backstabbers here and there, but then you don't realize like who they are until it happens, you know? But right. other than that, like years and years later, look where we're on now, and it's the same thing. Like nothing changed. Like we could we we wouldn't talk for say months on end or whatever, and the next time we see each other, we go right to we left off. Like I have close friends to me that are the same as us here out in the Midwest. Like there's only a few of them, like Nate Webb. You know what I mean? Like he's one of the few from out there that is just as tight as I am with you guys, you know? Um, so it's like a rare thing to find, but once you have that, it's like a lifelong like brotherhood, you know. And the only way you'll know is yeah. being around the people, and then that's when the similarities will start to come up. That natural, uh, you know, like like relationship would just start to show itself, you know. Like I, I love being in New York because after Philly went down, and then we were doing like you know I consider fucking Northern Jersey fucking New York anyway, but it's mm -hmm. like. It was just another, like, it, it was something that filled in that void because we didn't have that in Philadelphia anymore, you know? Like, there was no CZW. Right. The arena, basically, you know, they did their great, you know, thing with that. And it's, you know, it wasn't the same. But when we are out there with you guys, that's when we were around, like, real people, you know what I mean? And certain motherfuckers yeah. that I won't consider real, I don't really associate with. You know what I mean? I'll respect you and I'll be courteous and shit, but... If I don't like go out of my way to talk to you or anything, it means I don't give a flying fuck about you. You know what I mean? So, right. like, you all naturally kind of line up and attract to each other. And then we, you know, we go right to where we left off. You know, speaking of brotherhood, Ray has a clip of true brotherhood between Joker and Eddie Kingston. Uh, Ray, <laughs> let's let's get into it again. Sometimes brothers have to fight, so brothers uh, gotta fight. <laughs> let's 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 play this, and we'll hear thoughts afterward. It's the new blackout versus the old blackout. Headbutt, and again. <laughs> and some headbutts with the barbed wire. The two bulls Ray, in the center of the ring. Set number Rito. Oh no, it's rocket. <laughs> yeah. So normal headbutts didn't do it. It's like, yeah, let's add barbed wire to this. Like, <laughs> that, you can tell that was definitely a Joker idea. Uh, no, it was actually me and Eddie. We called it the Passion of the Christ spot. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, the one thing with me and Eddie is like, me and Eddie can go one hundred every time. Like, like I'm not. There's never a moment where I don't trust him with my safety. I trust him with my safety 100%. Like, we go at it hard. And I, and I, I like, I like work with people like that. Will, like, if I dish out, I expect to get it back. You know what I mean? If you dish out, I'm going to give it back. Like, I'm, I've been a firm believer. I want the person in the first row to feel everything. You know what I mean? Of course, being safe, being cautious, you know, but. I want you to feel like I want you to to understand like you can't do what the fuck I do, even though I'm I, I'll pay a thousand dollars to come in and you're not doing it. You know what I mean? And with Eddie, it's always natural. We get together, it's like fucking like, look, 
Like, what do you want? And then we just go right at it. Like, our last match together at the arena, I thought was one of my favorites between me and him. It was our last one. It was after when we had our short feud with Homicide and Eddie Case, and we all had singles matches against each other, and I had one with Eddie. And that one went hard, even to the point where low-key – what show was that after ours? Now, was that the one with Key was on right after that? Was that like Bob or some shit? He pulling us inside, like, you know, he's like, You guys went pretty hard out there. You didn't have to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I don't want to want that the key impersonation. But, like, that's what, he, but I mean, me and A is just nonstop, like, at any time, anywhere. It's like just natural. You know what I mean? We've been fans. Of the game, like he's a big old school all Japan Kings Road style guy to me. It just seems a little slow to me, but like we just click and we just go hard. Like, we both feel the same way. Like I'm not there to cheat one out of whatever the fuck you pay for a goddamn ticket. And we have like love for what we do, the craft itself. That I don't give a fuck. We're just gonna go. Geez, um, what are your thoughts on? how Eddie Kingston is doing today and how cool is it for you that you both came from the same spot and you guys both have top spots in two of the biggest companies in the world today. I mean, it's real cool, man. And, and the thing is like what Eddie is doing now, he's been doing it for years. It's just that like, for whatever reason, like the opportunities wasn't there. And, once he came in, he came in like, this is my shit. I'm taking over. You know what I'm saying? Because he was at a point where he was way past the point of um, having the mentality of, oh, I'm just happy to be here. It was like, it was like, nobody is touching me on the mic. Nobody's touching me as far as being believable, that passion. And I'm taking this shit over. And that's what he's been doing since he's been with AEW. And I, and I, I love seeing it, man. And, and like, obviously, uh, it's working with the crowd. They they love him there. You know what I'm saying? And and Eddie earned everything he's got. He's earned it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 like as far as myself, like uh, like yeah, I had whatever accomplishments, whatever resume. But for whatever reason, being in a company that has a TV presence, that was the one thing that was always escaping me. You know what I'm saying? And like I couldn't quit. You know what I'm saying? I had to keep going. You know what I'm saying? And like. I always like, you know, that saying where they say cream always rises to the top. I always looked at that as like a as like a bullshit saying. But it's that. But it's true. You just got to keep going. You know what I'm saying? And like the doors open and like, thankfully, uh, a couple of my OGs looked out for me. You know what I'm saying? To 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 help make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like I owe a whole lot to Homicide. I owe a whole lot to uh to Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond. You know what I'm saying? Because these are two people that that always believed in me and always wanted to have me in a position where I'm succeeding. You know what I'm saying? And like every time I go out there, not only at NWA, but everywhere now, I'm looking at it like um, I'm sort of representing both of them in particular, because these were the two guys that that made it in this business that 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 um that wanted me to succeed. So I go out there and not only to make myself look good, but also because I feel like um, I have I have their names, you know, attached to me. You know what I mean? So it's, it's and right now, man. It's a really good feeling, 
And then also, like, like um, for the longest time, I never felt comfortable with with being like um, labeled as like a trainer or anything, even though I had the knowledge. But it was like I always felt like, man, it's gonna be one of those days where like somebody could could be like, "How are you training me? You've never been here or here." But like now, with the lane that I'm in now, I feel completely comfortable. You know what I'm saying? I probably didn't even need um, this uh, platform that I have now to be able to do it. But in my own brain, you know what I'm saying? Like that was like the one thing that I needed to accomplish so that I would feel comfortable with like being a trainer, being a coach or whatever. And then also touching back on homicide, like seeing like how he's um, how he's been able to like uh, navigate through the waters being an agent now i'm open to being an agent and in, in, in the long in, in the future like before i never wanted anything to do with like anything behind the scenes but it's like now that stuff is very important because um you're 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 the key to like having these other guys like you like um you're the cheat code for the other guys that are coming up you know what i'm saying it's a very important position because you're going to like um pretty much um develop Younger talent, talent of the future is very important, very important job to have. And I'm definitely open to behind the scenes stuff now when I when I when I'm not able to wrestle anymore. I'm glad it feels good, man. I'm glad you said that because I don't know if you remember uh, when I was working for DJ and like I know you guys got your feelings towards DJ. And to be honest, I, I don't want I want to keep this positive. So I'm going to avoid it because yeah. I, if we could get into a whole thing and open up another two-hour podcast on DJ Hyde Hate. Not for me, but, you know, for, from you guys, you guys got your issues with it. But regardless, do you remember when I asked you, would you come down to work and be an agent and, you know, help behind the scenes? Because I told you what you just said about yourself. I said, you're a great teacher. I feel like you're someone that can explain things a little bit different than everybody else and see and get the best out of them. And I remember sitting there talking to you and telling you, like, you know, I feel like you have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and you're still young enough that you can actually get in the ring and show these guys, you know, how to do things the way it's supposed to be done. Do you remember that conversation? I remember, and I'm pretty sure I, I pro I'm pretty sure I wasn't with it. And I and, and I might have gave like some BS answer, but it was definitely because like the truth to it is like like I said like like yeah I had the resume or whatever, but I but in my own brain I hadn't made it to a certain point to where I feel comfortable with teaching. It, it was like it goes back to like like even now like you'll see like guys that'll have seminars going on right, and they haven't really accomplished anything. But they're having seminars. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be that guy where, like, the argument is, well, yeah, he's been around for X amount of time, but what has he really done? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now I feel like I've succeeded on a lot of different levels to where I can actually do all of these things, and nobody can question my ability to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and like I, I get it one thousand percent because. I feel the same exact way. I never had a contract. I never did anything major on TV. Um, so, like, how can anyone take anything that I say and apply it to them towards being a successful wrestler? But then, like, right. you know, and Homicide yells at me all the time because you're too humble. And I'm like, nah, bro. You know, like, I I didn't go there. I didn't do things. But I get that mentality. You know what I mean? But then, 
you know, there's other people like Ray shaking his head who are like, nah, Steve, you're somebody. And I always try to get you and, and, you know, the other guys like us who have done it and put in the work. I always try to get you guys to believe that you can, because I, like, I listen to you guys. If I'm listening to you guys, the reason for it is because I know you guys know your shit and I know you guys know how to talk and you guys, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not out here trying to motivate guys that I don't think could do anything. I'm out here trying to get guys that I know that can and be successful. So, like, that's why I was trying to get you. I was like, you know, I know that the, 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 the working under DJ was hard for you guys, but, like, I was pushing every time I could. And I called Joker a couple of times. Man, you, you sure you don't want to work for DJ? Nah, man. I'd have homicide call Joker. You sure you don't want to work? Nah, man. I just can't. I just can't. Like, it, not, it was nothing, like, definitely nothing against you and shit. I just won't do it. I, I just can't do it. But yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say I helped build that place. Like, Combat Zone, like, I spent a good at least 12 years for that company. Like, I gave it all. You know what I mean? Like, it helped me get to where I am today. It allowed me, like, all that freedom. I've learned a lot. I got exposed to a lot. And to watch it go down that rabbit hole it has, I, I, I'm offended. And I just can't do it. Like, man, like, I don't... I don't hate that motherfucker. Dude. I really don't. Like, I, contrary to belief, a lot of people say I kill this dude, whatever. I just, I don't hate. I just, I think he's a fucking idiot. Um, when it comes down to the business sense of things, and you, it's almost like you fucking made CZW, in my opinion, a fucking whorehouse. Like you had it fucked so much, not even a dog would touch it. You know what I mean? And. And I take offense to it. Like, I, I, that's my thing. I just can't be there. I just can't. And I can't look at a dude in a straight face. Like, you're older than me. You know what I mean? Like, like you should be fucking... You went to college, motherfucker. Now I'm just convinced college motherfuckers don't know shit anyway. But you should be explaining to me how this shit works. And I should be learning from him. You know what I mean? Because I still see him. I don't see DJ as, like, a dickhead under me. I see him, like, a little, like... As equal or a little above at times, and but seeing how you're taking something like this and you're just like, you're it's like throwing money into a fucking fireplace. Like you're just you're fucking it up. You know what I mean? You're not getting anything out of it. And I just can't be there looking at you with a straight face, and you know, the, just be hard about it. Like I, I, I didn't. I was never like a match agent type of guy, like with Nell, like exactly how Nell said it. And I probably feel a lot worse not wanting to run a clinic. Like, I don't even want to go to a training. Shit. Like, I just go, I'm the guest. I just want to go, go what you guys, like, what everyone's doing, join the program. And if you ask me a question, I'll answer. I'm that type of guy. I'm not, don't fucking ask me to run anything. It's just, that's just not how I am. I've taken so many hiatuses, you know what I mean? And I just don't feel right being that guy, like, you know, like, geez, and like you were saying, you know what I mean? Running a summer or whatever. Fuck, no, that's the last thing I ever want to fucking do. You know what I mean? But if you got questions, I'll gladly answer them and work with you, but not into some of sense. I just don't feel right. But, like, the agent part with Combat Zone, like, I wouldn't mind doing it. I love sharing what I see perspective when guys come up to me and like, what do you think? And I break things down, seeing these things, and I was just fortunate enough later in my career to where I had guys like you guys telling me like 
the truth, you know what I mean? And breaking things down to me. And then you have other people that are out there that they honestly don't give a fuck. I'm like, oh, yeah, it look good. Like, I, I nitpick little things because I am my own worst critic. So I want everything from my lockup to be fucking thorough and convincing, my whip-offs, everything. There's, it, there's a fucking, like, legitimacy behind it, you know what I mean? It's like violence of action. It's Every movement is deliberate. I'm not wasting movement. Not even a step is wasted. And I break it down to them and ask me, and I look at these little things because I put myself in their shoes if I was them. What would I want to point out? What would I want to improve? You know what I mean? And then I'll never bury a person because I was like them at one point. Who the fuck am I? to basically take your dream from you. I was you at one time, you know what I mean? Uh, some people do deserve it, but but still, like, I just can't do it. It's like, look, you know, look straight forever. I critique it, and that's about it. But as far as, like, what comments on, it's never against you. I just couldn't do it for him. I just can't. Well, I, I, know, I know that G's was just at the school, what was that, last week, G's? And no, I was uh. It was last night. It was uh, no, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday night yeah. I know that you know a lot of the guys, the kids that are coming up there, and you know they're trying to run a different focus. And I'm, this isn't a sales pitch for me because I have nothing to do with the company anymore, and it's not under bad terms or anything. Um, but I feel like a lot of those kids that are there now, who are starting, he's starting to bring back up. I feel like they all looked up to you two guys. And at any point in time, should you decide to ever go back, that CZW would be a lot better off with you guys teaching those young guys, you know, the, the hungrier guys, you know what I'm saying? That I feel like you guys would be able to, you know, do some business with them. Uh, my, of course, my daughter's calling me right now. But uh, um, what you call, um, yeah, uh, I really feel like you guys would be, you know, um, very influential to that place should, you know, you ever want to decide to take an interest in those guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to get her to hang up. My daughter's calling me on FaceTime. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I, I would consider going, like, I, I, I talked about, you know, with my work schedule and shit like that, and then mm -hmm. You know, with my situation, like I get my daughter, you know, when I'm done work and I pick her from school, take her home, home, and then we go to the gym and whatnot. But it's like I, I'm not opposed to somebody to see and get a feel for it. If it's for them, I mean, I'll do anything for those guys, you know what I mean, those kids, especially if, if I can give back something. And it could be so minute as in just being there and just giving them that positive enforcement and then that criticism and shit and helping them, then I, I owe it to like people like them because at one point I could say for myself and geez could justify we didn't have that type of shit. We didn't have a motherfucker right. when we were coming up that made it somewhere within, you know, the independence and came back to take their time to show you anything. Like everyone was like at that time coming up, like your reckless juicy shit, everyone tells me he's a nice guy, whatever. I've never had a bad running with him, but I didn't love the goddamn fucking thing from the dude. You know what I mean? And never like one of the dudes that took it out. He just seemed like he was in his own shit. Well, I respect him. I mean, do I? Well, but no, but back then there was definitely a glass ceiling though, because 
back then, the guys that were the indie names, they didn't want the young guys like us coming up, especially from New York and Philly and New Jersey, because there was a certain group of guys who had it on lock, you know, because they were the guys that were, you know, whenever the WWE was in town, they would get called and get used for, and you know, all that stuff. So they were protecting their spot. So we didn't, you know, when I look back at our time when we first started, a lot of times they weren't giving us opportunities. We had to really go out and take it. It's not like that. Now you put out a press, hey, I'm open this weekend. Who wants to book me? And somebody will hit you. I mean, we had to earn any spot that we were given, anything we were given. But like going back, I want to go stop by there and and actually like seeing them and seeing what's going on and like work with them. I'm not opposed to that at all. Like if it's talked down with business and shit, I'm not – it's just not on the table for me, but maybe stop by to train and work with them and seeing how they are and actually contributing and giving back. I'm all for it. You know what I mean? And like, you know, the future, I may stop by. I've, I've already stopped by the Monster Factory. I've already done uh, Super Crazy. Uh, super crazy. Just being kind of like help them work on things and kind of put them like put myself in their shoes and what is it that helped me then yeah definitely you know like i said before and i said over here i'm not opposed to it i'll definitely like swing by and see how they are and hopefully like you know, they get something out of it yeah and with, with, for me same here i mean like right now like i don't like i don't i don't have interest in like doing the shows but I'm definitely open to like popping up at training and helping these guys. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like now, like I feel like the knowledge that I have and what I've accomplished, I feel like I'm the cheat code for these guys. You know what I'm saying? And and you and you know how it is, Steve. Like over the years, like like it was always a mentality of to get here, you got to work here. Like for example, like how many how how, how long was it where like guys would feel like the only way I'll get to WWE is I have to go through Ring of Honor. I have to work for Gabe, blah, blah, blah. I have to do it this way. I have to do things the way the Young Bucks is doing it. And at the time, I have to do it the way Joey Ryan is doing things. And if you, and it's like, if you didn't feel that way, it was frowned upon. I never was that guy. I always was like, there's many lanes that you can go to make it to where you want to ultimately get to. You know what I'm saying? I've never changed. I never changed the way I do things, and I've made it to where I've made it. So that's why I feel like I'm the cheat code. You don't have to follow the other, the other people that that with the closed mind that think you have to do things a certain way. There's many ways you can get there, and like I can teach these guys how to get there. You know what I'm saying? It takes confidence and it takes desire. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to listen to the other BS. Like, for example, now, like how um, it's out there that, like, WWE will only hire former college athletes. They'll only hire people in their 20s, blah, blah, blah. All of that. That happens all the time. They'll get on this kick where we're only hiring guys that are over six feet tall. Okay. Okay, cool. And then everybody is like, oh, it's the end of the world. Bro, like, if they, if a top company feels like they can make money with you, they're going to hire you. So don't listen to that BS. You just keep grinding. 
you just keep doing it and and and, and eventually you'll get me. you know what i'm saying so i have a lot to i have a lot that i can teach these guys you know what i'm saying so that's why like i'm not opposed um to going down there popping up every 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 now and then seeing how they developing and like stepping in there and teaching these guys try this try this you know what i'm saying and and a big part of that i want to help them with promos you know what i'm saying because promos is what's going to get you there everybody can wrestle there's not many more moves you're going to learn but when you can put words together and you can play and you can express that character through your words your mannerisms the character portion that's what's going to make you stand out because everybody's doing these moves and a lot of guys don't have never learned the art of the promo and i feel like i can teach a lot of these cats the art of that you know definitely that goes back to what i said at the beginning watching you it wasn't you doing the high flying stuff it was you telling the story even though you know you had your moments like you said ccw you wanted to earn the fans respect but every yeah. general black g's match if you watch it it's a storytelling class it's not about spots it's not about doing a million moves it's about getting the win and how you're going to get to the win you know and it's it, it really it's, you always stood out because you did that stuff you know what i mean and then when you were philly's most wanted you had joker who just smashed everything and it was so intense and it was like your perfect yin and yang where the one is very intense and crazy the other one is calculating and calm you know and you know but there were times trust me i seen g's get a little riled up he had his moments you know what i mean but uh, yeah, yeah it's like it's like when we go out there it's that it's that eddie guerrero and chris benoit mentality man mm -hmm. it's definitely definitely that that new japan junior heavyweights of the 90s mentality mm -hmm. it's, uh, i always oh, it's, 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 i saw that too trust me um now that you know you guys are at this level of your careers as far as philly's most wanted is there anything left that you guys want to do together as a team like any last bucket list or yeah i mean it doesn't even have to be last bucket list or just you know stuff that goals that you guys have set for philly's most wanted i think me and joe i think me and joker would completely kill it as a team at nwa completely kill it i think that um me and joker would completely kill it as a team in aew you know what i'm saying aew their version of the new roh i feel like us together there's there, there's not a company in the world that we can't go in and stand out just like that right away impact all of it like 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 you said it yourself we have the intensity we have the experience we we're believable we're relatable you know what i'm saying um to piggyback off the briscoes the briscoes are a team that can stand out everywhere joker joker and i the same anywhere we go we will stand out not only as a tag team as single stars there's no company in this world that we can't go in and stand out right away you know what i'm saying it, it, it wouldn't be a whoa brother you, you gotta wait your turn okay okay what well, but while we're waiting our turn we're gonna force your hand because there's no stopping us when you see us go out there you're definitely going to be like man man these guys we got to put them in this link we have to you know what i'm saying and that and that's and that's not even arrogant that's not even coming from an arrogant place 
that's like that's that's true. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. That it's funny you brought up Briscoe. That's the first team that I thought of when I thought of you guys wrestling in NWA was against the Briscoes. So yeah, definitely. Sure. I mean, the only thing ah, that I had recently, which I'm still trying to. See if it's possible to put together. I remember seeing uh, ETU and seeing the SAT back. I wanted blacked out and SAT. Ooh. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted me, Nell, and Ruckus against the SAT. That's what's up. So, yeah. and then they're all for it. Now it's just, you know, on our end, having to fix the logistical issues. But, you know, that could be another day. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. so. I think that could happen really quick uh, because in talking to Joel Maximo, he was telling me about a couple of things. And I think you dropped that idea on him, which I'm pretty sure Ray is going to spread the uh, traffic out by tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll have it done by tonight. I'll make a, <laughs> I'll make a makeshift graphic. We'll get it done. But we're going to see about making that happen. You know what I mean? Like, we like to try to make magic on the Golden Days podcast. So, <laughs> glory days, Golden Days. My yep. um, it's, 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 it's everything in between in there. I got to say this, though, before we keep it going. There's one match I definitely want to see. Because I was looking. It's like you guys have faced as B-Squad. You guys have had your run-ins, different variations. Somehow, somewhere in 2022, we got to see... Hit Squad versus Philly's Most Wanted. I, I was just thinking that too. <laughs> we we got to see it somewhere. I, I, like I was just thinking it. that. I was like, huh, we're, yeah. we are at that point, and it's something that needs to happen. Like I like I don't I don't I don't understand how that's that's never happened, man. It's it's <laughs> oh, man, and like man, you remember like years ago when uh. Uh, when the Steiners wrestled um, Sting and Luger, mm-hmm. like I, I feel most one in his squad, it would be similar to that. Meaning that, like, it's two teams where, like, all four of us as a team and as individuals, like, we have like the respect of our peers, we have the respect of the fans, and it's like it's like four generals, bro. That it's like if you see all four of us. And the ring together, you already know it's going to be like like everybody's going to be watching it, like all the boys in the back are going to be watching. It's, it's like it's 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 money. It's it's definitely money just waiting to be waiting to be made. You know what I'm saying? It's perfect. You know. That's well, how I feel know, about it. You know, the original match for this show for the Homicide show was supposed to be the Hit Squad, but uh, Moff had something family stuff that he couldn't do. So uh, I went to uh, my backup, my uh, one of my favorite people in the business, Kyle the Beast, KTB, and uh, we had a banger of a match. I mean, yeah, yeah remember, we did. Definitely. Remember at one point, uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> the stupid faces that Steve Mack makes. Um, I remember at one point, uh, me and Joker were in there, and I remember people were feeling that intensity between the two of us. And like mm-hmm. you could feel like they were scared for both of us because they were like, "Yo, are these two gonna kill each other?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. In each other's grill, we were we were hard. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. And um, I remember that being an awesome match. You know, I'm very I, yeah. I'm for any time I got a chance. Shit, that was my first match 
back since the surgery. Yeah. That was, I was scared. Like, like scared if, you know, my leg was, you know, my knee was going to give out, whatever. It's like the first one back. I was so cautious about it, but it felt good afterwards. You know what I mean? Like I was like, okay. And then like mm -hmm. the catalyst show, I shocked myself. I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? So it's like little, <laughs> it's like this mental thing. I keep like, I'm having because I can't sprint like I used to, or I don't have that that quick like that quick step. Mm -hmm. It's not natural anymore, and it's just like, you know, I just got to get past that barrier, or whatnot, and then you know, just get back into like the whole group and having fun, and that's about it. You know, I felt so bad. I remember years ago when uh, the rep wanted to wrestle us, and I had to decline. I didn't feel as though I can give my hundred percent to them, like the way you know how I was. At the time, when Phillies most wanted to climb against, you know, Homicide King sent us against Azure and Bandito. Like, I felt like I was so fast then, and I still wanted to have that same speed and intensity and not second-guess myself on if I'm going to re-aggravate something, even though, like, I shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's all fixed and shit. It was just a freak accident that happened. But, you know, it's it, slowly but surely, you know, it's – coming back. I'm starting to get that confidence back that I'm able to do it. Well, I thought it looked great at Catalyst last week, and uh, like I said, I know I can't wait to do more stuff because we had way too much fun. And yeah, I'm happy that we're all out of place in our careers. We're able to have fun doing this because mm -hmm. we all love it. We all have a very intense love affair going on with wrestling the last you know 20 plus years and um it's great to share the ring with guys who share the same love and mentality that i have you know i know for me um you know i was always a big guy i didn't work out i'm not a workout fiend like you guys are so like you know for me i hit the ring and it kills my body a lot harder and faster than it does you and i definitely see that you know my steps are definitely a lot slower than what they used to be but um being in the ring with you guys last week it felt like you know i was able to take 10 years off and be able to move the way that i used to and because we were all just having so much fun you know yep yep and even when we were doing the, the opening stuff with you know the, the the young guys you know even just doing that like i just felt yep. different level because i was in there with you guys so uh thank you for that and appreciate all the the love that you guys show me and you know just being able to work and have so much fun and you know it's been it's been an awesome ride and, and you know wherever we go from here i hope we you know, are able to kick back in a few years and tell you know even more stories you know what i mean about yep. our experiences together and with other people you know um yep. as you can, I, i'm starting to wrap it up because you know we're hitting that two hour mark oh, uh, shit. we all got we all got stuff. We got lives, families, and stuff. But uh, yeah, as we start to close this down, uh, Ray, do you have anything you want to ask? I uh, know that you. We kind of hit everything there again. All I can say really is again, thank you both for coming on and joining us. It was a pleasure getting to work with you guys a few weeks ago at Catalyst. Geez, it was a pleasure again to work with you Saturday at Project, getting to call one of your matches. I never thought that was going to happen again. To have the honor of calling a Black G's match on commentary. That was amazing. It's always great to share Thank locker you, rooms with you guys and get into pick your brains for a little bit, just getting to learn about this business. And 
I definitely appreciate all of you and respect all of you guys for what you've done and continue to do for all of us. Uh, real quick, uh, in under a minute each, I guess, um, what are your uh, closing thoughts on Combat Zone? Because originally, that's, I mean, that was the theme of this show, was discussing the glory days of Combat Zone with you guys since you were guys were the major characters in that company during its glory days. Um, what are your thoughts and um, if you want to plug any social media or anything like that, any upcoming shows, uh, Joker, you want to start off? Well, thoughts or comments? I haven't seen Chase. I don't watch wrestling at all, believe it or not. So, uh, which I, I, I guess I would have to go to the uh, training center and see how they are. Uh, I know a couple of the younger guys there, so um, I, I'm curious. I mean, there's it, it, a possibility for everything, maybe a rebranding or whatever. But I mean, sky's the limit for anything. You know what I mean? Unless you self sabotage yourself. Um, shows coming up. Nah, I get offers here and there, so like I'm not 100% committed on a lot of things. It's just. Me, because I mean, I have, you know, life's going forward and shit. You forget about things, and you know, with me and work and you know, family. So, you know, I just look forward to like the next hour shows or any shows with you guys definitely on um, social media. It's just me and Facebook. I don't do none of that Twitter bullshit or whatever. I I, I like to keep my life pretty, pretty quiet, yeah. mm -hmm. private. So. Uh, you send me a friend request, hey, it's cool. Just don't hit me up with any of that whoop bullshit or whatever. So, the way I'm just going to fucking block the shit out of you. So, uh, <laughs> but, hey, anyone that uh, send me a message, whatever, you, you know, you're more than free to do it. You know what I mean? And thank you for everything. Thank you. you have a big, important place in your heart. Is that, can we, can we, like, can we talk about that real quick? Like, what's that? CZW, Combat Zone. Is that like a big place? Is that your home? Is that like your thoughts on CZW in general, the history of CZW? That locker room at the time when we were at our prime was like the best locker room you could ever be in. And it's probably along the lines of JP is to you. You know what I mean? That's your home. CZW at the time, like once we've earned our spot and had respect for the guys like Beater and, you know, Flash and Nikki and Justice and Messiah and all of them. It, it, there was a, a nice sense of belonging and an actual legitimate, like, like homegrown locker room. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a place where people came in and, like, I'm talking about, like, like the whole locker room are just implants. No, these were, like, CZW guys, you know, and that was probably the best time in wrestling in my life was being at Lockham's. I always look forward to being there, like, you know, once a month and once we did that two times a month and being around the guys and like, it was fun. Like, you went out there, there was no stress, no pressure. It was just go out there. You gave it all because you believe in a higher power, which was the company. You know, and it was, it was the best. And I've never experience that ever again. I don't think I ever will, honestly. It's just, it will never be the same. It was that gang mentality. Like, everyone backed each other the fuck up. You know what I mean? And I don't think I'll ever experience that at that type of scale. With us, yeah, with our groove, like me, you, 
you know, G's, you know, B and Eddie, if we're all together, yeah, but it wasn't, it's not going to be to that scale where it's a whole locker room and that hunger we had to try to take someone else's spot in a competitive way. Uh, like I said, best moment of my life was around that time. Geez, what does CZW mean to you and what do you got upcoming? Uh, um, I mean, like, I was at CZW for a long time. And like I said earlier, there was a time where, like, the, the goal was to get in CZW. Then the goal was to, what if I could be in Best of the Best? What if I could uh, be in Cage of Death? All of that, you know what I'm saying? I got to, I want to impress Zandig. I want to, like, um, get the respect of the guys that came before me at CZW, the Trent Acids, the, the, the Nick Gages, you know what I'm saying, Messiah, Justice Payne, all of those guys. And then to eventually work my way into a position where um, I was a general in that locker room. I'd be lying if I said that I didn't want. There's, there's a, there's a even now like there's a big part of me that wants CZW to, to succeed. And I know that statement there is going to be met with a lot of like frowning. But when you think about, it, I was there for a very long time. It's always going to have a special place in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh. I mean, yeah, there was a time where it was a it was a very toxic environment, all due to how one person carried themselves. But it, it is it, it it is a lane for younger guys to to get some experience. You know what I'm saying? And like you already know, when you're young, when you're young in the business, you need as much experience as possible. It's still providing that for these guys. And and I think as as long as like people that are positive, that actually know what they're talking about, are there to guide these younger cats. They'll be fine. You know what I mean? Um, uh, as far as, like, upcoming stuff, um, I have a lot of stuff coming up in May. Social media, Instagram, and Twitter is G's215. Um, I always uh, I always advertise what I have going on on, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's pretty much it, you know? Um I want to thank you guys for having us on here, man. Steve, you my guy, man. You family, bro. Man, I love you, bro. Um, and Ray, thank you, man. Like, uh, like, like I was telling you before, man. We all, we all do appreciate being able to have this, have this platform to come on and 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 tell our story and show our appreciation for the support we've gotten over the years. So, like, it's definitely appreciated. Thanks again. Yep. Same here. I, I, you know, I love you guys too. You guys are definitely my fam, and my house is always open to you guys, no matter what. And even if it's a cardboard box, you you need a spot. You know, you guys got it. <laughs> Jeez, I just uh, I don't know if I ever did this, but uh, I always wanted to thank you because when me and Moff showed up at CZW, uh, what was that, 2016? And yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah. We won the tag belts. It was against you and uh, Pepper Parks, who's now the blade and AEW. Um, and it was really cool that I was able to win in a match against you because like I said, I always have mad respect for you too. Uh, you were to me, you were CCW through blood CCW from back in the days, you know, and having that opportunity to go in there with you guys and win those titles. Um, and I always looked at the lineage of those titles, you know, and, going back to when the Haas brothers were tag champs. I always wanted to be a CCW tag champ. 
you know, and I, I, I don't know about Moff so much as far as what they meant to him, but to me, you know, winning the CZW tag titles and the history with you guys having it, you know, Haas brothers, Johnny and Trent, Nikki and um, Nate, you know, and just the roster of CZW guys that, you know, I always respected and always looked up to and being able to go in there with you and work and, you know, you, you put it over and that always meant a lot to me. So, you know, I always thank you for that. It means it always meant the world to me. And, you know, uh, it, you helped me get to a goal that I always had, which I never thought I was going to ever do. So, you know, I always thank you for that. And uh, you know, I just wanted you to know that it meant a ton to me, especially because we are boys the way that we are. You know, it was it was such a big thing for me, and it's always one of my career highlights. So, thank you very much. Um, um, I guess we lost Joker. He, uh, I know he, uh, a lot of stuff going on, but uh, yeah, we'll 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 definitely thank him for being on here. Um, I'm gonna just say thank you again for being a part of this, you guys. Uh, you know, I'm glad that things are working out the way they are for everybody. Uh, I want to definitely see you guys in the SAT go at it and you guys in the Briscoes. And hell, I want to see you guys homicide and key go at it. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, yeah, that needs to happen too. Rottweilers and Phillies. Yeah, hey, you got to do graphics, right? <laughs> I, I'm already working on one right now, so it'll be posted in a little bit. <laughs> Let me just tell you, every time Ray works on a graphic, the match usually happens right after. So, uh, you know, something's going to pop off. You know what I mean? But, uh, I thank you for being a part of this tonight and just thank you for being one of the best vets in the locker room. It's always been an honor and a pleasure to share all locker rooms with you. And, you know, uh, I'm grateful that I got to know you and Joker the way that I did. And, uh, you know, I, I thank you very much for everything. Thank you, Sue. Right? No, again, thank you both. And again, we'll, we'll definitely thank Joker later on as well. Um, it's a pleasure again to talk with you guys and be a part of this conversation. Again, I, I don't know how many times I can say how much I respect both of you, all three of you, for not only what you guys have done for the business, continue to do for the business. Again, being willing to talk to us young guys and give us so much advice. Like any locker room should be honored to have all three of you, especially having all three of you at the same time. It's amazing uh, for that catalyst locker room as well. And again, any locker room that brings you guys in, it's truly a pleasure and Thank you so much for coming on, man. Anytime. So real quick before you go, Ray, shout out to Billy Corgan and NWA because you know they're giving a lot of guys like Homicide and G's who, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of them felt like, well, AEW ain't doing nothing with me or impact or WWE. And then Billy Corgan comes up and you know, Corgan comes up and he opens up NWA and gives everybody another spot to work. And you know. The good thing is, is that there's a lot of great talent that's working and hustling at NWA to where it made other people notice and start to change their product to reflect what NWA is doing. And G's been yep. there practically yep. the beginning of that revival. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's pretty dope to me that, you know, they that I get to see my boys, you know, get that that work. So shout out to NWA and Billy Corgan. Oh, definitely. It's amazing yeah. to see again that revival of the company and also again to see you guys on there. It truly is amazing seeing, hey, Homicide right now is the junior heavyweight champion. Yeah. Again, it's, it's insane seeing what you guys are doing with Austin Idol as well. Geez. It's great. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see you guys keep killing it. And again, thank you to Billy Corgan. Thank you to NWA. And again, 
wrestling is still alive, man. It's still kicking. Yeah, we love to see definitely. it. So once again, Steve, thank you so much for for being the co-host here. This is a great, it's a great podcast here. Glory Days episode two. Thank you so much, guys, for watching. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe, share the podcast. Let's get more people watching as well because the Glory Days are continuing. Episode three coming soon. This has been episode two featuring Philly's Most Wanted. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. All right.